on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. You're listening to The Girls Around Town here on Sunday morning with here with you until 12 noon. It's now me, Tina Betterson, and uh, taking the chair so that I can chat to our guest, Carrie Stack. Carrie, good morning again. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Um, now, Carrie, we're talking legal stuff this morning. We're talking about wills. We're going to talk about power of attorney. Um, but first of all, let's talk a little bit about you. So how did you how did you get into the legal profession? Well, um, at sixth form, um, I knew I was going to go to university and I knew I wanted to, but I didn't have a clue what I wanted to study. Um, so I spoke to a careers advisor and asked what my options were, what were the best things to do with the subjects I had, um, and they suggested doing a law degree uh, because it opens so many doors once you've actually left university. So thought, why not? Sounds interesting. Give it a go. Um, went to Sheffield Hallam University and studied law and just absolutely loved it. Um, the wide ranges of different laws, what you can do, what you can't do. Um, just, yeah, really enjoyed it. So I um, applied for a training contract with a law firm in Surrey um, and worked there dealing with my training contract, doing my law course. Um, but I always wanted to do commercial property. I absolutely loved it when I first started. Um, it was always so different, um, always going out to business meetings, just found it a real challenge. Um, but with law, you have to do different seats in different departments so that you get a, a broad range of all the different subjects. Um, and I had to move to private client, uh, which I was dreading because I thought I wouldn't enjoy it at all. Um, but within my first month, just decided no this is definitely the area of law I want to work in um, it's just so personal um, you go to people's houses and talk to them about m millions of different things that uh, could affect how they want to deal with things um, and I just love helping people ensure that their wishes are followed um, and that puts their mind at rest because mm. sadly we are all going to die um, and it's nice to be able to help people ensure that what they want to happen uh, at a difficult time does happen. Sure. So you you've ended up specialising in um, in wills and powers of attorney and, and those kinds of things which are all to do with um, just getting your affairs in order. I That's suppose. right, yes. Um, I have did the job working in solicitors firms for uh, over 11 years um, and then just moved on to will writing, preparing powers of attorney and probate advice uh, last year. So you're, you're your own company? Yes, that's APT right. Legal. Um, and you've been, you're a year old. I am, yes. I had my first birthday last Tuesday, uh, which was very exciting. It's flown by, um, but really glad I did it. And it's, it's moving in the right direction and getting busier and busier each month. So really enjoy it. I Excellent. get to do the things I love, um, help people out. And decide when and how I deal with things. So, mm. yeah, really and I guess work work to your own hours too. That's true. Although uh, my partner does get quite cross because I can't switch off. Um, <laughs> before, when you leave the office, you can go home and forget about it. Um, at the moment, my office is at the back of my house, and I don't really switch off. So I need to get better at that. I think. Yeah. And, um, close the door and and go and sit in the lounge and and forget about it. But at the moment it's been a bit difficult so well it's hard isn't it I, mean, I know this when you you know i also work from home and and 
when there's always that there's that one thing that you think oh I'll just do that or you know you'll have you'll have had supper or whatever and you think oh if I just nip and nip and do that now I'll just send that email or yes. whatever and you and you really do have to put boundaries around it don't you oh definitely because I, I do I think oh, I'll just quickly do that but and sometimes it's a good idea um so like on a Sunday evening I prep ready for Monday because then it means Monday will run more smoothly mm. um but there are some times when I I can leave it to the next day but I do get it done to get it off my mind um I have been known to be sat watching football. Ben's a massive Forest fan. So we sit and watch football with my laptop on my knee while I'm still working. So, um, yes, <laughs> I need to stop doing that. But I, I think it's only been a year. I think after time, you, 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 you yeah. do tend to set your boundaries better. Mm. Um, and you get into more of a rhythm of things. And, exactly. and as you say, in the first year, you and the first two or three years, really, you are really just all about getting the business up and running that's and so if it if there's work there to be done you do it that's it um, yeah but i think yes yeah, there's certainly a, a point where you you kind of have to decide your working hours and make yourself stick to them that's it yes i, I did say i was nine till seven um and i wouldn't work weekends um but I've maybe crept over a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Well, let's have um, a piece of music now. We're going to have Alison Moyer, and then we're going to chat a little more to, to Carrie about some of the more specific things that she deals with, um, such as wills and power of attorney. So we're talking with Carrie Stacks this morning about um, wills, power of attorney, and such things. Now, Carrie, let's talk first of all about the difference between power of attorney and w a will. Because they are two very different documents, um, but I think sometimes people aren't really quite sure what the real difference is and why actually power of attorney is something that you also need to have in place alongside the will. Yeah. So tell us, what's the difference? Lovely. So a will is a legal document that deals with your assets when you've passed away, so who benefits from your estate. And a power of attorney is for while you're still alive, but you can't actually deal with your assets yourself. Now, a lot of people think that's um, just if you've lost mental capacity, but um, powers of attorney deal with a whole range of things. Um, once you are 18, you should have a power of attorney because after that, that time, your parents can't deal with your estate for you. So, for example, you're on holiday and you get stuck there, you're working abroad, you're in hospital having a medical treatment, or you're sadly in a car accident and you're in a coma. They're all types of places that powers of attorney can help you uh, to make sure that not only your assets are looked after, but your health and well-being as well. And you were saying earlier about um, uh, a, a case that you, I'm not sure if it was a case that you dealt with or if it was just somebody that you knew of, who where her husband had, had a, um, come off his bike and was in, in a coma, um, no power of attorney was in place and she couldn't sell their house in order to buy a bungalow to make life easier for him when he came home that's right yes i mean it, it can happen to anybody um sadly we we do all think we're immortal uh but the real reality is that unfortunately we're not um and yes a, a gentleman younger than myself um in his late 20s early 30s and yeah came off his bike on his way to work didn't know he'd fallen off his bike he just went over a rock um, and sadly, yes, was in a coma for the, for the first six months and she couldn't do anything at all. Um, eventually, once he regained consciousness um, and was able to, to speak, he was still very poorly, but he could, luckily he could speak and he had his capacity. 
um, but she couldn't sell the house to bring him home um, because they lived in a three-story townhouse. He couldn't possibly come home um, and it was just very difficult for her, whereas if she had a power of attorney in place, things would have been a lot easier for her at home. Obviously, she would have still had the the um, emotional side of having a husband in hospital, but she would have known he could have come home quicker than he did. Mm, sure. Um, and I think that's the thing that often people don't... Um don't realize isn't it i certainly didn't that it isn't it isn't only about mental capacity as to whether you can f mentally act for yourself it is also about the physical capacity of whether you can physically act for yourself or as you say if you get if you're working abroad and you can't get home and somebody needs to act for you here yeah. um then if you don't have that authorization through a power of attorney in place then you're stuck because you can't do anything. That's right. I mean, we were discussing earlier about bank managers because in the old times you could go into your bank and your bank managers knew you really well um, and deal with things for you on a personal level. Sadly, now, because we do live in a blame culture, if something goes wrong, the, the bank managers and other companies don't want to rely on just allowing people to access money to their mums, their dads, sisters, brothers' bank accounts without having a legal paperwork in place to say yes they can do that well sure and of course these days you 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 have no relationship with a bank manager anyway do you That's i mean it. there are bank managers but you don't see them you don't have conversations with them um or very rarely yeah um and so i mean you know e even if you can kind of walk in with a marriage certificate that says look i am i am this person's <laughs> wife or husband or whatever yes it still doesn't necessarily give you any um any right to deal with their affairs does that's it? right and there's two ways of looking at it one it, it's it's harsh to tie everybody with the same brush and say everybody needs a power of attorney even if you're acting in parents best interest but sadly i have seen the other side where there are relatives that are maliciously trying to get money out of um particularly parents or or relations that are in a care home and so they don't know what's happening with their their finances they're trying to get money out of the bank account and taking it away from them so these documents do protect the vulnerable um it's just sad that it, it has to come to that to be able to look after people sure you're listening to the girls around town here on sunday morning we're talking wills and power of attorney this morning with our guest carrie stack um now carrie we've been talking about powers of attorney um and how important they are to actually have in place let's just just briefly say what happens if you don't have a power of attorney in place and you need to act for somebody um either on their um, health issues because there's, there's two powers of attorney isn't there? there's that's one for right, health yes. and one for finances that's right yes um, so you don't have it in place something happens you have to then try and act for your parent loved one or whatever um, you have to go to court don't you that's right so if you haven't got a power of attorney in place then um, whoever would want to deal with your estate for you and help you uh, would have to apply to the Court of Protection for a deputyship order. Uh, now, sadly, they take a lot longer to get through than the power of attorney. Um, you're looking at a, a roughly six months to get the documents through, um, and they are quite costly. Um, they are about three to four times the price of a power of attorney. Um, and unlike a 
power of attorney once you've got it in place that's it it's paid for it, it does its job until it's needed a deputyship order you have to have a, a court assessment every year to check that you are still dealing with the, um, the person's assets appropriately and there's a court fee every year for that um, so depending on how long you need to, to act for that person there's an annual court fee um, that you always have to pay there's no way of getting around that so am i right in thinking that for maybe a couple of hundred pounds that it would cost up to set up your power of attorney your court fees are going to be many times that oh yeah definitely just the initial costs of a deputyship order already are two three four times as much as the power of attorney fees and then on top of that you've got your annual annual fee for the court to to check that you are doing a good job They've got nicely tied up one way or another, <laughs> haven't they? Yes. So putting a power of attorney in place is really a, uh, a, a pretty sound idea. Sue? Can I just ask a question? You said there are two different powers of attorney. Can you sort of get a joint one from the beginning or do you have to have two completely separate ones set up? Yeah, they're completely separate, so you can do one or both. So there's one for your property and finances, so your house, your bank account, your shares, anything monetary that you have that's what that power attorney deals with and then you have a health and welfare one so if you need medical treatment at home medical treatment hospitals um, if you go into a care home years down the line your health and welfare issues while you're there um, it's with the health and welfare power of attorney it's your attorney being your voice for you if you are unable to do so mm. so unlike the so the property and financial affairs power of attorney you can either state that it can only be used if you lose capacity or it can be used whenever so for example like i said earlier if you're working abroad your attorney can deal with things for you with the health and welfare one the doctors medical practitioners care homes will always speak to that person if they don't have capacity that's when the attorney then helps with medical decisions um, and care home decisions so really it's sensible to have both to be honest isn't it it is really sensible um, the health and welfare one wasn't as popular um, when they first came out um, because people just dealt with things for parents or, or loved ones um, but they are becoming more and more um, helpful um, with people living longer and going into care homes yeah they're a lot easier to deal with matters if you've got a health and welfare power of attorney in place. Mm. And I think we were talking earlier about dementia, weren't we? <coughs> yes. And how um, if somebody is diagnosed with dementia, you you have a, a almost like a short window in which you can get that power of attorney put together. That's right. Um, if someone, um, it, it looks like, or they have been diagnosed with dementia, I work very closely with that doctor that has diagnosed to ensure that that, that person has got the capacity to do a power of attorney. Um, with the Mental Health Act, it states that we are deemed to have capacity unless deemed otherwise. Um, and people with dementia do have lucid moments. Um, so I do find that sometimes I'll go on a Monday morning um, and it's not possible to take the instructions because sadly that person doesn't understand what we're talking about yes I can go on a Wednesday afternoon after medication or after lunch and I can have a, a lucid conversation with them so it's just getting the timing right but as soon as someone is diagnosed with dementia you have a very very small window because like most things everyone's different some people can it can affect really quickly other people it can be a, a, a slow progressive yeah state yeah and I think uh, something else that I was um 
hearing about some some weeks ago and it was certainly the case with my uncle who had dementia um and my aunt and my sister got kind of powers of, of attorney in place for him but i think there's there is also if you've got somebody who has dementia and has to go into a care home um and you've got the surviving spouse say living in their shared home um there is also something particular around organizing their finances in such a way that the um the pots of money if you like there is always enough pot of money available for the remaining spouse in the home to be able to stay there while the care fees are being paid for the uh for the other one isn't it yeah which all gets a bit complicated yeah it gets very complicated and it's all all taken on a, a case by case um aspect but um if the spouse is still living at home then they are at home but it's just getting that balance to make sure that yep the spouse can live at home and has got the the funds they need but then the care is still being paid for for the the person who's gone into care there's loads of options um that that, that the, the, the clients can do to make sure that both parties are looked after sure Stevie Wonder there and Faith and I feel a cheesy link coming up here because we're talking about wills and we're talking about powers of attorney and I'm going to say when it comes down to both of these things you can't leave it to Faith (laughs) (laughs) because the law just don't work like that anymore and certainly not since 2007. Um, So Carrie, wills then. Um, Your power of attorney is, is kind of a document that um is like your insurance policy when you're alive that your wishes will be dealt with as you want them to be um now your will is really about what happens when you pass away isn't it that's right yeah now there are two types of will so there's there's your normal will that if you when you pass away you mention who you want to benefit from your estate there's also what's called living wills um people sometimes confuse these and think that they're the same document but A living will um, actually deals with your end of life, what medical treatment you would or wouldn't want to have. But your your normal will that most people know about, that's the legal document that deals with your estate to to pass your assets where you would want them to go. Okay, so let's, let's just kind of briefly talk about what happens if you die and you haven't got a will? Okay. So if you pass away without a will, you die what's called intestate. Now, what that means is your estate passes under the intestacy rules, which sadly aren't made for modern day living. So, for example, if you have lived with a partner for 30 years but never got married, they won't inherit under the um, intestacy rules. Also, stepchildren. So if you've had the... had stepchildren that you've always brought up as your own but you've not actually legally adopted them legally they are not your um your next in line so they they won't be included in the list of beneficiaries right and that and given the um state of families these days where you've usually i mean you more often than not you've kind of got divorced parents with children that they're kind of bringing into a family from two different previous families that can make it quite complicated isn't it if you that, don't have a will and you want to leave money to say your current family um and you don't necessarily want to leave it to children from elsewhere or whatever it it gets all a bit of a knot really doesn't it it does and there's several things to, to do i mean I, i'm one of those families my mum and dad married had children 
then married and had myself and my little sister. Um, so I know very well how it, how family dynamics work. Um, but there are several things that, that people can do and the main concern is most people want to make sure that their, their current partner is looked after but when both of you aren't here that your children from both sides are going to actually receive something um, and that's one of the main things I look at doing when we've got families with those dynamics to make sure that everybody is going to be receive something um, on the second death because that's normally when the problems arise um, when the first partner got, passes away it's normally quite straightforward and, and everyone's happy but sadly once both partners have gone and you've got stepsisters, stepbrothers that's when the difficulties arise so we just need to make sure that everyone's protected and their wishes are followed Sure, and it's also I think the case isn't it, that it's not necessarily just about um, family it can also be about friends. If you have, a, you know, particular friends that you would really like to inherit something from your estate, if you haven't put that down in a, in a will, then even though you may have talked about it, and even though you may have told the friends they're going to get X when you die, and you may have told everybody else that, but if it's not actually in your will, yeah. they don't have a, a, well, a leg to stand on, really, do That's they? That's it. It's extremely difficult. I mean, there, there are things they can do, and there's lots of legal terms that if someone's been promised something in their lifetime and they've, um, they think they're going to get something, they can make a claim, and, and there are different ways around it. But to make everything simple for everybody, if it's all down on, in a will, what you want to happen, then it just makes the, the process a lot easier to deal with. Um, because, as we all know, when someone does pass away and everyone's grieving unfortunately emotions run high and if people are having to make decisions then that's when arguments start whereas if it's in a will stating what you would want to happen it, it, it normally goes a lot more smoothly mm, absolutely katie perry chained to the rhythm we've been having a right old chat about our <laughs> wills experiences um while uh, while we were listening to that um sue sue's been dealing with a few in the last um, 12 months or so with your father-in-law yes um, not not directly dealing with it but uh, you know sort of on the periphery but and, uh, he was able to make a will um you know when he was uh, diagnosed with uh, cancer very, very sort of short and to the point but you know did what it needed to do um but it does take a long time to sort things out well it does and i know from um from some personal experience with two in fact recently two um, two incidences, one of which was my husband's ex-wife, um, who uh, had cancer and died quite suddenly without a will, um, and uh, and that was you know that was a very difficult thing um, because she had no family, she had been adopted, so there was no um, kind of birth family, um, and although my husband and her are obviously divorced. And that was all dealt with, you know, several years ago. Um, suddenly, he's kind of drawn back into it because people are kind of, you know, friends of hers and whatever, saying, "Well, who do we talk to? What do we do?" Yeah. You know. Um, and I think it ended up Paul having to Paul and I having to trace these adoptive, the adoptive family. Her adoptive parents had died, but we had to find the adoptive kind of cousins, yeah. um, and they who had had nothing 
you know very little to deal with her and very few conversations probably over the last 10 years or so were suddenly drawn into having to yeah. sort out um this estate for somebody they're it's like that daytime tv program isn't it where they they're looking at the uh, is it the bonavacante list or something where it uh, comes yes. out with people who've died and have oh, no relatives yeah. <laughs> yeah something yeah. like that or whether it's called but yeah it's a bit like that yeah yes it is and then uh, it, uh, roughly around the same time a friend of mine um a good friend of mine her husband died um and now they were married um so you know she could deal with things but he didn't have a will so she had to go through um huge rigmaroles of uh of, of kind of legal work yeah in order to to sort out you know to sort out their estate it it um it does make it, it, it as painful as it is to go through the process of making one when you'd rather just kind of sweep it under the carpet and not bother about it. Um, actually, it does make it so much easier for everybody that's left behind, doesn't it? It does, and, and you say going through making making a will, but I do find that a lot of people, once they've done it, they kind of go, right, I've done it now, I can yeah. forget about it, and that that's that's it. You just you know you've got it in place. If well, as and when it's needed, you've got it there. It's there for everybody to deal with. Um, although I do get some clients that, that think it's um, the nail in the coffin. That, that, that's <laughs> it now. Now I've made it, I'm definitely going to pass away. So I do have I do have to tread carefully with... Because it isn't a nice subject talking about what's going to happen when you're no longer here. But unfortunately it is a, a topic that people do need to think about and, and mm. make sure they've put their affairs in order. But it's much... And it's much better to do it while you've got... A great life expectancy in front of you oh yes definitely as opposed yeah. to you know the the moments of where there isn't much life and life expectancy left or it's gone that's it um and i think that the uh, the but the other thing you were also saying earlier is that these both with the power of attorney and with a will while they are documents that you don't have to keep repeating but you can change them. They're not things that are so set in stone that you that's it forever, is it? You can That's it, yeah. You can change it. I mean it's not like having an insurance policy where you have to shop around every year to get the best price. Once <laughs> you've actually it. set it up, it's set up. But if you want to change it in a year's time, five years' time, twenty years' time, because circumstances change, you can do that quite easily. That's it. And that's what I say to clients is that you should always review your will and your power of attorney every sort of five years or if your circumstances change in the meantime so if sadly someone's passed away that's named in one of the documents or you have a fallout um, always good to just get the documents out to check that you've made sure you've covered yourself that there are plan B's and if possible a plan C in place um, but if you don't get round to doing it you have got them in place and, and it's a one-off you've done the document that's it marvellous Carrie I think we could keep talking about this for <laughs> hours. Um, but thank you for coming in this morning. Thank you. If any of our listeners want to get hold of you um, to talk about how they would set up their own will, power of attorney, or or deal with probate, because we haven't even talked about probate, but that's another, another subject entirely, how do they reach you? Okay. My email address is carrie at apt-legal.co.uk or my website is www.apt-legal.co.uk Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming in this morning. It's Thank been you. an absolute pleasure to talk to you about what is not a particularly kind of comfortable subject, but um, 
you've made it feel like it's it's almost something quite exciting to do. <laughs> I think we wouldn't get that far. <laughs> well, it's, so, I'm sure June has got everything, everything in place. It's in, it'll be on a, an Excel spreadsheet somewhere. <laughs> June hasn't. What I was going to say was if, if that's your idea of excitement, Tina, get a life. But then I thought, no, actually, that's not very appropriate, is it? <laughs> I think I think that what I was really trying to say was that it actually it's it's kind of taken some of the um, the kind of the the discomfort out of it. Yeah. It's actually made it something that that feels a bit more of a positive step forward, um, something useful to do, as opposed to something that we'd rather just avoid. That's right. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank yeah. you. We-